Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Thank you for being here. It's nice to meet you virtually. Nice to meet you as well. <laughs> okay. Um, why don't we just give everyone, since I don't like doing introductions, a little <laughs> snapshot. You tell everyone, give us a little snapshot of... Of who I am? Who you are. Oh, that's, that's great. I can do that. Um, okay. I'm Danny. I am an ex-model who is obsessed with Yankees baseball, and I left one passion for another, and... Now I have a podcast about Yankees baseball. I have two other girls in my little umbrella who do a football podcast. And then I have another podcast called Tequila and the Tea where, well, we all know COVID happened. We all had no sports during that time. So cool. I didn't have anything to do. And I created <laughs> another podcast so I could just talk to people because I was like, shit, my extroverted self can't handle all of this. Who can I talk to? So I made another podcast. <laughs> I like it. So three different podcasts. I guess that keeps you pretty busy, right? Yes, they do. And then on top of that, I have three other jobs. And oh wait, I just quit two of them. So never mind. I have like one other job. <laughs> so I'm a worker bee. You like to stay busy, like a little task and everything. That's I how- am an yeah, one thousand. I'm an one thousand percent. I'm a New Yorker through and through. So like the hustle and grind is like in embedded in my soul so i moved to florida and that's like hey slow down and i'm like hey no so i just started picking up a bunch of other projects and things to do to keep my calendar busy all right so i got a couple questions before we start going off on a little tangent so you are a model at one what your whole like that's your life from till a certain aspect or what no so my (laughs) And when you say you're a model, you're like, you mean like an actual fashion model? Or? Like an actual fashion model. Okay, I okay. was signed to an agency, the whole nine yards. I'm not one of those Instagram model influencer, what now I am, which is really disturbing. I have to say <laughs> absolutely like the hey, weirdest man. thing ever. <laughs> but like I was an actual model before Instagram was even a thing. And um, I started that journey when I was, I want to say I was 17. I got my braces off at 16. I hit the height and my dad was in PR at the time. So I was like, I'm the height, I'm the age, I'm this, you can't deny it anymore. I have my braces off. Like I want to do this. It's either going to be with you or without you. Mm. So my dad full well knowing that the industry is the most toxic atmosphere in the world. He just helped me build my dreams. Um, And he stayed by my side through like every meeting just to make sure nothing went sideways. So I was doing that from like 17 to I want to say 25, 24, 25. And then um, like right around the Me Too movement is when I stopped because the whole Epstein thing came out and whatever. And that was a real thing in the industry. Like everybody, like, I don't care what anybody says. Like I saw so much stuff happen in front of my eyes. Like, and it was a slow build of me like exiting the industry. Cause I was like, no, 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 it's okay. Like it's not happening to me. And I kept on going with that. And then I like, something happened and I just couldn't deny it. And it's not my business to tell. So like I saw something and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm out. I'm done. Like that is like, there's no, there's no saving this industry in my eyes. Like I'm out. So I left that. And to make a long story short, um, I went to my bar cause I was a bartender at the time as well. Cause you know, everybody in New York is like an aspiring actress and also a bartender or a waitress. Yeah. 
So I went to my bar, my friends were all there. They saw that I was super down and they're like, Hey, do you want to go to a Yankee game tomorrow? Like, we'll just like get your mind off everything. And I was like, you know how to make me happy. Put me in a freaking seat at Yankee stadium and let me scream at some players. And I'm in my glory Add a shot of tequila on that. We're good. Hmm. So we went, I'm yelling at the game and my friend looks at me and goes, this is what you have to do. Cause like, this is me leaving the modeling industry. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was just so upset. And he was just like, this is what you do. I'm like, what? He's like, this, I'm like, I don't know what this is. Like we're sitting at a Yankee game. I'm supposed to just say Yankee games yelling. I'm like, I don't know how that's paying my bills. He's like, no, start a podcast. Like talk about baseball. Like you're very knowledgeable within baseball and you know, all of the Yankee history on top of knowing what's going on in the game now it's like, just start a podcast. You're a female who's pretty, who knows about baseball. Like it's, it's a great mix. Just try it. I'm like, what am I going to do? Call it Danny's dugout. He's like, yes, it's exactly what you do. I'm like, I was making a sexual joke, dude. Like I was not <laughs> trying to make this an actual thing. And like three months later, I made it an actual thing. <sighs> well, I love so how that happened. I mean, that's a great story. It just kind of just fell into place like how it should be. It sounds like, and that's pretty. Yeah. Bad. It was nice. It was an, it was an, Interesting journey, but definitely like I will never, I will always like adore my modeling career to setting me up in this world because I'm in a man's world now. And I don't like putting it that way, but I really am like sports is a man's world. It's 1000%. And stereotypical. That's how it is. Yeah. And when being in the modeling industry, it doesn't look like it's a man's world, but it really is still. And it sets you up where like, I don't know. I just knew the way to read the room and take care of things. And so when I got into baseball, like I just, every contact that I had for modeling just somehow worked out within like the Yankee stadium. So now I can just go to Yankee stadium anytime I want, not pay for a ticket, not do anything. Cause I just met so many people growing up in the modeling industry that it just like all slid together. I don't know how, but it worked out. You know, I want to ask a couple of questions on the the modeling stuff. And if I ask anything you don't want to answer, just ignore it or say hard pass or whatever. But um, I mean, so it, from what you just said, so is it as toxic, as toxic as you just said with the Epstein thing? And I know like it was a Harvey Weinstein was doing that one yes. thing with his actresses, making them do favors to get certain roles. Is it that toxic of environment? Yes, it is. And actually the girl who came out, um, Andriana, I don't know how it starts with an A, something like that. I can't remember her name, which it's kind of depressing. She she was a friend of mine for a little while. Um, But when she was the first person to come out, say all these things against Harvey Weinstein, no one believed her. So she just took the hate, like the, the settlement that he gave, like, I think it was like a million dollars or something like that, like for her to be like, hush, hush. And like, that's how like disgusting the industry is. You just pretty much like, no, this is wrong. Like you inappropriately touched me. And then you just get paid millions of dollars to just keep it slid under the rug and don't talk about it ever again. And yeah, no, it's, it's that bad. And I remember watching girls like have to get like stripped down naked to get a role and i was like i'm not I, I would literally see that in a casting and i'd be like i'm out i'm done like no i refuse to do nude modeling anyways so i was like no something i promised my grandparents i mean i stand by you with that i mean that's very bold of you i mean i like it that you you stuck to your guns that way and said it, it was later. also my grandmother put it in my head because um she like cindy crawford was always an icon of mine and she's like, Cindy Crawford never got naked. I was like, what? No, she definitely, like, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, she definitely did. And she, my grandma's like, and when she did, she did it for so much damn money was actually worth it. And was just like a, like a sultry shot. It wasn't anything crazy. So I'm like, wow, that's actually a really good point. If you don't actually end up doing something and showing basically your tits to the world for like, say Victoria's Secret, um, you end up, putting your price even higher for when that person wants it. So like one day, if somebody's like, there is not one existing picture of Danny nude modeling for anybody. Like I want to be that person. Okay. Well you got to cough up like a bunch of money. So it was like kind of my goal to keep it that way. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw what I saw, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm just going to keep my clothes on. Or, and the only time I would ever do any like quote unquote nude, I was always, my hands were always covering my boobs would only be with photographers that I specifically knew and trusted. And I like 
they were French and pervy, but they were harmless. <laughs> so, so was that part of your stipulations? Is hey, I only want my photographers that I want to pick, not whoever the ad mm. or how does that work? Or is it no? Okay. Yes and no. Um, so if I'm working for a, like, say I get hired from a brand, like they're going to pick the photographer, they're going to choose all of that stuff. Okay. But my photographer friends would say, I liked working with this model. She's actually a good model. And like, they would get me jobs because uh, they wanted to work with me. So like they could pick me out, but I couldn't pick out the photographer. I didn't, I wasn't Cindy Crawford. I couldn't, I wasn't that powerful. I mean, do you think this mentality of, you know, guys using their power just to get sexual favors and just to give women, you know, Hey, we'll give you a spot. If you do the, you know, for me, I mean, does this come from a old school mentality? It's like always been since industry started. And so it just kind of, you know, keeps passing down the line to, you know, like say if I was an intern for Harvey Weinstein, I was like, Oh, this is the way it is. I'm just going to tell, treat women like this and keep the party going. I mean, do you just think it's just embedded in the industry and that, there's no way of getting out of it, I guess. I hope that kind of made sense what I was trying to say. It completely makes sense. Okay. And uh, honestly, I think, yes. I think that was something that started a ways back and they kept getting away with it and getting away with it. So they kept doing it. Yeah. And a bunch of women who are from podunk towns that are just beautiful women who got to this point think either... I do this or I lose everything, which was a fact. Like if you didn't say suck that guy's dick, I'm going to just blatantly say it. That's fine. You can say whatever you want to him here. <laughs> okay, good. I was like, so basically like these women would go and be like, okay, if I don't suck this guy's dick, my entire career will diminish in a day. Like I will never be able to work in this town again. And that was the benefit of having my dad actually with me mm -hmm. because he was in PR and they kind of knew that I was untouchable because I also wouldn't, I wasn't, I wasn't quiet. I still am not quiet. I say everything that is on my mind. I don't care. I am an open book and I will tell you to go fuck yourself. Like I'm a New Yorker. So most of these people, every time I would go into a casting, they're like, where are you from? I'm like New York. They're like, what? Like you're not from like some po down town in Oklahoma or something. I'm yeah. like, no, I'm from here. So go ahead, try. <laughs> and, um, when you end up being so quiet and you're just like, this guy can make or break me, you end up just doing it. And I know many, many women who just did it because they thought that they had to, otherwise they were screwed. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what they, you know, the stipulations are, that's what they put on you to thank you. You know, it's like, a, you know, I've always thought there's a sense of how do I want to word this? That people love to tell other people what to do. Like they get off on it. And just because, mm -hmm. and, and it's unfair that, especially, you know, just for certain women, just because they're in a vulnerable place, that's like, Hey, I can use my power against or blackmail you, however you want to put it. And it's, it's a shitty move. I mean, Oh, it's beyond shitty, but they do it all the time. And I guarantee you it's still happening. And I know for a fact, like one of the, so kind of moving off this sexualization of everything. I uh, like, I know one of the biggest things that is continuously going on in the agency is telling women that they're not skinny enough. So it it's like two extremes. It's either you need to be this heroin chic thin, or you need to be literally obese. One of the two, there's no middle ground. There's no average size person being represented in any magazine and anything like they're finally figuring out skin color is something that they need to broaden their horizons because the, oh my God, was the modeling industry racist. And any, like, I know really? people in the, huh? You said it was racist, the modeling? Oh, yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And I know there's very few, at the time when I was in, there's very few like high-end black models, high-end Indian, everything. Like, they basically didn't exist. Yeah. So like you would have one of each and that was it. And then they would be the only ones that you would see. And it's like, yo, are you serious? But then you'd have like 20 other white women and it would be super simple. So they finally figured out how to make that more represented in the industry, but they still can't figure out this body dysmorphia situation where they're constantly telling women that they're not 
skinny enough or they're not fat enough, like even big enough. Like you either have to be like this 300 pound obese human being, or you have to be this 110 pound, five, nine heroin chic model. It was ridiculous. Like right now I could actually go back into the industry and be fine. But about when I left the industry, I, I had a massive eating disorder and I still wasn't hitting the weight that I was supposed to be at. Like I wasn't skinny enough for them. And I'm like, dude, like I am 130 pounds and I'm five, nine. Like I am a normal weight. I'm a healthy weight. I'm an, yeah. I'm not even healthy though, because I was bulimic. So like that industry still needs to figure that out. Just, it's really not hard to just put a normal person with the normal weight that is pretty and tall in an outfit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know if you don't know, obviously, but you know, I'm from one of those podunk towns like here in Virginia where I never grew up with mm, around this type of situations or even been exposed to any really these type of situations. I mean, you know, it was just literally go to school, come home, go to practice, you know, and that was it. You know, I never had, you know, never had any of these types of situations ever come up with me like that. So it's just me asking questions and you just kind of blowing my mind right now. I'm like, shit, you know, and I, you know, I'm like trying to be empathetic with you. Oh, that's right. Empathetic. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. One. But I mean, so yeah, it's, but, it's, it's not something that's really easy to kind of, and I will under always understand. Cause I tell people this, like even my friends now that I have in Florida who do not understand at all. I remember moving here and people thinking that I was full of it. Like all of these stories that I had in my life in New York was crazy, literally crazy. Like it, it is unbelievable. Cause now I'm in Florida and everybody's like, well, why would you leave? And I'm like, well, COVID's a bitch. First off, <laughs> I was like, that really kind of, you know, fucked me up. And when your job is sports and bartending, you can't forge your bills because there was no sports and there was no bartending. So I came to Florida and I remember like saying like, yeah, I partied with little John. Yeah. I went out to this club with, um, fuck, what was his name? Alshon Jeffrey, because he just won the Super Bowl and like we, it was fashion week. So we were showing around town and they're like, no, you didn't. I'm like, I hear you want the evidence. Like I, I, I lived this crazy life and still like, I look back and like, I'm here now. I'm like, how did I do all that shit? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. And I realized like podunk towns, I, I hate calling them podunk towns, but it's the easiest way to describe yeah, it. I don't mind. <laughs> like, don't they don't, anything, so I don't care everything's like so quiet and they even know like their neighbor's name and shit. And I'm like, dude, I had like 20 neighbors. I don't know anybody's name. I was like, somehow I still run into friends on the side of the street in that big ass city of mine, but even still small, it's like five miles wide. But like, it's crazy to say these stories to people who are like, no, that didn't happen. And I'm like, yeah, it was just like a typical Tuesday. And they're just like, what? Like, I don't know how to explain New York life. It's very... Wow. <laughs> I've only been through New York once and I didn't really, yeah, I didn't stop at all. I just, well, I didn't even drive. I rode through there it was my driver or whatever. So it was just, yeah. But I know a couple of guys up there and they kind of say what you say about the life of it, the culture of it. It's a crazy city and it's a crazy life, especially if you're part of like that modeling nightlife madness. It, it kind of consumes you and you end up having all these stories and then people are just like, whoa. And you're like, no, really, it's not. Whoa, it's just not. Trust me. I kind of want to go back a little bit because, you know, you said that it was either you had to be heroin skinny, I think, or completely yeah. obese stacks to be accepted into the industry. And is that what the fashion designers want for people wearing their clothes? I mean, why would they not want like an average person? Like you said, I mean, so they were trying it, it actually became a thing during while uh, the end of my modeling career, um, where like the plus size models because people wanted to be represented and they didn't, they thought there was just all these skinny girls up there. And like, it was funny because like nobody represents us who are this, that, and the third. And I'm like, like, no, modeling doesn't represent anything or anyone. It's just a, a pretty girl showing off clothing yeah. who probably didn't eat for three days. So she could do that photo shoot. Like you tend to forget this. And, um, Literally, there was no in between and I'm trying to figure out how to like word this the right way or say this the right way without but um they wanted to represent the overweight community without 
saying that they were the overweight community. Because if you do know, like America is over oh, yeah. 50% obese. Oh, yeah. I know. So technically, you do have to represent that portion, but do you have to do it so like to that grand of a scale, like we need to figure out how to hit the middle line. So everybody knows to be healthy, eat healthy, take care of themselves. Because when you're doing heroin chic, people end up having eating disorders and doing all these unhealthy things to get that skinny. And then when you have these obese people who are 300, both lifestyles are not something we need to show. Like, and both lifestyles end up getting the most toxic, like people like talking, like when, as skinny as I am now, people are like, eat a burger. I'm like, I do eat a burger. Like my metabolism just decided to peak back up at the age of 28. I don't understand it either. Like I eat 24 seven. I still don't get it, but I'm not complaining because when I'm 55, I'm going to wish I was like this. (laughs) So, and then you've got, so you've got like people telling you, eat a burger. You're not healthy. You're too skinny. And I'm like, no, I am healthy. I'm not too skinny. I take care of myself. Like I'm doing the right things because when I was unhealthy and too skinny, y'all were calling me beautiful. And I looked great. Like that's fine. And then you got these overly obese people where it's just like, you eat too much. You need to stop getting away. You're going to die. You're going to kill yourself. But like, but literally both sides of the spectrum, you're going to kill yourself. You can either eat yourself to death or starve yourself to death. And I think the modeling industry needs to figure that out quickly because I think it's a massive problem in this country and they're not helping in any way, shape or form. How was your, you know, you just talked about your health, your physical health. How was your mental health back then compared to it is now? I mean, you seem (sighs) happy as hell right now, but I mean, but back then I can imagine. I don't think anyone's mental health is ever to a great, um, like are at any point um it we all have our different times i'm actually right now i'm not even gonna sit here and lie like i'm not in the best mental well-being but that's just because of consistent stuff that's happened in this recent year and but i am in a sense a lot happier than i was back then like i'm happier in a sense of who i am and i know my worth now and i know that i shouldn't just let people beat me down like i'm not I'm not going to allow that crap anymore. Like you can say whatever you want, but we're, we're done. Like I'm done speaking to people that do things of that nature, if that makes any sense. It does. So, um, but back then I, I wasn't, I was insane. Like I kind of just like based, like I was starving myself and working myself to literal death, like constantly thinking that I wasn't good enough always, always hungry eating and then running straight to the bathroom. So that way I didn't feel like I shouldn't like, I, cause I shouldn't have eaten it. I had this overwhelming guilt every time I put anything, even a liquid that wasn't water in my mouth. Like I thought I was destroying my body and I like, it was so, so bad. So my mental health back then was trash, like absolute <laughs> trash. And I, I wasn't really like a big drug user, um, but I definitely smoked a shit ton of weed back then just to like cope through, get rid of some of that anxiety or whatever, but it would make me have the munchies, which would then make me feel guilty. And then I get like, it was this constant battle, but it was a battle within myself that I just was never good enough. But the funny part was coming out of that, it, it took like six years. I think I started when I was 20 and I stopped when I was almost 27. Yeah, I stopped this September before I turned 27. So um, I've been sober for a year now of bulimia. Um, and it, but six years, it takes a toll on your body. And now I'm seeing the repercussions of that. Like my hormones are all fucked up. My body's just like, hey, you decided to puke away all this crap back then. So uh, you, you have to deal with all these issues now. And I'm like, shit, okay. <laughs> We're doing this now. Health insurance come in handy, please. Hopefully. Um, but back to mental health, like I noticed something kind of like because I did it all on my own. I didn't do it with any help. I didn't go to see a therapist. I couldn't afford it, to be quite honest. So uh, especially when I was leaving the industry, I'm like, I put everything in my savings account. I didn't touch it for a reason. That's smart. I pretty much handed all my checks to my grandparents and was just like, you take care of that because I will spend it. Yeah, that's very disciplined of you to do that. A lot of people wouldn't do that. Yeah, no, I, my, 
thing was modeling money went into savings, bartending money took care of me daily. Okay. It's just kind of like, so that way I wouldn't live a, like I had all of this money. Like I lived like a normal person, just kind of enjoying everything that you wanted to do in life. Um, but going through everything, I realized that I had always kind of had some semblance of a like eating disorder because even in high school, like I was a skinny fucking girl, tiny, tiny person. I remember the first day that I didn't wear baggy sweatpants and a sweatshirt. My friends are like, that's what's underneath all of those clothes. And I'm like, yeah. And then I got the nickname tits on a stick because I have a huge chest and I was like rail thin and it didn't make any sense. And everybody's like, you went and got a boob job. And I was like, no, my grandmother just cursed me with this freaking back issue for the rest of my life, (laughs) but it's fine. And, um, so, but I realized like, I even had like this mentality that I wasn't good enough and I wasn't pretty enough back then. And I think that's actually why I became a model to like, show myself that I was pretty and that I was good enough. And I don't know, it was a weird toxic dynamic. And now that I'm 28, I'm kind of looking back, like, what were you doing? Like, I don't get it. (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't know what was going on in my teenage brain. Well, I love your mindset about it. I mean, you knew that it was a toxic environment, as we've said, and now that you seem to have a stronger mentality now that you've learned from your mistakes and you learned how to be happy, it seems like. And it's, yeah. I think a lot of people, I don't want to say, well, I'm generally speaking, but based on what little I know about it, just that they start going down that path and they just can't get you know, out of it. You know, they stop asking questions and they don't really ask why, or they even stop to think about it. Like, hey, what am I doing? And they just keep mm-hmm. falling the road. And then 10, 15 years later, boom, you're still either worse off or, you know, not yeah. even better. And it's, it's a sad, well, there's fat, sad stories you watch on. I don't know. Uh, some random documentary you would see, I guess, is where I'm kind of getting that from. No, it's it's absolutely true. And especially most people don't ask questions. And when, so I dropped out of high school and my number one thing was always to tell myself to always question everything. Like I will be the first person to go, why? Why are we doing that? Like, what is what is this? I'm like, I will always question everything. And even in myself, like, like recently I've been super lazy about getting up in the morning. I'm like, why are we doing this? What is going on? And I knew that it had something to do with my mental health because like my great grandma just passed away recently. I just got over COVID and it's just been like a very like harsh transition into the new year. And I'm like, this makes sense. Like I'm just, I need a break. I need a break from everything. And like, I just literally yesterday quit my job of a year and I quit my other job of a year. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do a nice refresh. Like I'm kind of needed. And I know, like, I don't really want to get spiritual in this, but I will, but like, I'm a very Sagittarius energy. I like change. I like constant something new. I can't be too stagnant in things. So I realized by literally not waking up in the morning that I've been too stagnant and that's why I'm not getting things done. And I think it's just because I grew up going why and questioning every little thing that I do. That's good. I'm glad you sense it makes sense. It's just because of what I literally just said that, you know, let's say, all right. So you said you were 17 when you first started. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, 17 years old. I mean, you know, I was trying to graduate high school and just, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do with my life. But if someone said, Hey, you want to go, model, I don't know, X clothes or whatever. Like, oh yeah, let's go do it. And if they show me a decent paycheck, I'm like, fuck yeah, you know, that's what I'm doing. And they show you a decent paycheck. Trust me, they do. Yeah. I kind of miss it sometimes. I'm like, do I want to go back ever? Like, oh, and then, you know, you get sucked <laughs> in and let's, you know, you hear, uh, I mean, for me being like, if I look back on myself, 17, 18 years old, I, I was a fuckhead, you know? Yeah. I would have, I would have blew all, I would have went, ran through all that money. And just because I've never had that type of money, but you know, you get a little bit, it's, you know, you never think of, you know, people say money won't change you, but you know, like one time I was, yeah, it does. you know, yeah, it does, right. Like somebody, like I've always had this kind of, I don't want to say kind of thing of that about to be successful, you know, like people who smoke cigars seem to be really successful in their life. And uh, it's like a, it's like a, I don't know, a stereotypical kind of thing or mantra, but every, yep. you buy a Rolex, and that means you're, you're, you made it. You know, it's yes. like, I'd be like, one of the first things I've done is like, oh, 
I don't know how much, you know, models get paid. I don't really care, but that's what I would be trying to do is I made it. Oh, no, that's definitely... My I point think. is, yeah, I would just go right down that road, just keep it going. Just like, let's keep this train going, bro. Until I hit the bottom. I realized in the beginning, like when I started getting like there were minuscule paychecks in the beginning because I was still a kid and I wasn't allowed to do a lot of stuff um modeling wise uh yet because you got to be like 18 to do yeah. uh, like I had I had a what they call a money body, a super skinny, but with a chest. It's called the money body. And, but the problem was I didn't have a money face. I still looked like a five-year-old fucking kid, but I was like a 20 year old woman. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. So like, it was so hard for me to, like, I honestly, I swear, if I walked into that industry today, I would probably get all the jobs I wanted when I was a kid because I finally actually look like I'm old enough to be looked at in a sexualized manner, which is what the modeling industry is. So like my agent was like, okay, we have to throw you to these things and put you into these things. And they weren't the highest paying jobs, but like they definitely built my stock portfolio. (laughs) And I knew the first couple of jobs that I did, um, I definitely took those paychecks and I was just like, I'm going to buy an ounce of weed and hang out with all my friends. Cause I'm like, I'm 17 years old. So what did I do? I bought a bunch of weed. I went and hung out with my friends. I partied like an idiot. And I kind of just wish that I had a little bit more perspective as a kid. Cause like, I definitely would have like probably stopped smoking weed and built a career instead of like, and I had one, but like I had it at the, like the tip of my fingers and I had to just wait. I had a long waiting period because I didn't look old enough. Yeah. It was so fucking annoying. Cause I didn't look too young to do all these other commercial jobs, but I didn't look old enough to do all these. It was the weirdest like little gap that my agent kept on trying to figure out to put us in. And then I chopped off all my hair for a job and it helped. And then it also ruined my career. So I had to be out of work for an entire year because I had this really short hair that didn't match my body, but it made me look older. And everybody's like, oh, we finally, oh, but it doesn't work. And it was like, you'd have, I, how do I explain it? Like, I didn't have any control over my body at all. So I forgot where I was going with the story, but anyways, <laughs> like, Oh, I like oh shit. I forgot where I was going with this. Okay, but, I do that all the time on here, so don't worry about it. <laughs> this is the, the rambling just starts going, and you're like, wait, yeah. where, what was my point in this story that I just started to go, and I forgot. So, but coming from modeling industry, not like not being able to question everything either, because you're like, no, you just have to do it. No. Not being able to question why I wasn't allowed to do my hair. I had no control over my body. I literally couldn't get a haircut without my agent's approval. I couldn't color my hair without my agent's approval. I couldn't do anything without their approval. So I think ask, like learning to ask all these questions is because of that as well. I think that's where I was going with this. That I don't sense. remember. Yeah, yeah, because you said <laughs> earlier that you know you did ask questions, or yeah. that was part of it when you dropped out of high school. But, um. You know, I don't want us to think that we're just shitting all over the modeling industry. I mean, is there? No, it's fine. We can shit all over the <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I totally mean, fine. we talked about a bunch of it, but I was going to say like, there are a lot of negative aspects. But I mean, is there any positive? Oh, my God. It was like so. No, 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 no. You get some new it, grip. And... It was it was so much fun because when you actually did get like the dope photographer and like the makeup artist and like you got to create like my favorite part was making like the company or the photographers like vision just come to life. Like I had this one photographer, Susan, who I absolutely adore. She would call me in for all of her weird, like editorial projects. And she would make me into like this alien goddess person. And I was, she was like, just flaunt it. And I was like, okay, great. And still to this day, she's like, if you're ever in New York, like I got an alien, like I want to do this. And I making like the creativity in all of it was always so much fun and it was always my favorite part was getting in front of the camera and having all of the fun and that's why I kind of put myself through all of that bullshit was because once I got in front of that camera I felt safe if that makes any sense which is probably why I'm still doing a podcast and I'm in front of camera all the time because I'm like I feel safe this is where I'm supposed to be (laughs) but this makes sense to you right yeah I mean if you started when you were 17 and it's just kind of embedded in you from us i mean you know you're, you're pretty much considered an adult uh 
I guess the yeah. law, but I mean, it's pretty much still that, I don't know. I think it's like 24 or 25 when the brain actually fully develops. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, I guess it's, you know, when you see those young, you know, actors that start from, you know, child like Mickey Mouse Club or whatever, then. Yeah. Like Britney just, Spears. There you go. Yeah. But it's just kind of just always in part of their, I don't want to say DNA, but I guess their brain, but it's just there. So it just, when you get back into your natural element, I guess you just feel right. Maybe, maybe that's my point. I don't know. I definitely understand that. And I feel that as well. I think there's a reason why, like, I feel comfortable if I'm in front of like, I don't need a camera for my podcast. Like I don't need to do, I can just do audio only, mm-hmm. but like, I need a camera. I need to be able to watch over what I did. I need, like, I don't know what it is, but being in front of a camera feels correct. It feels like I'm in flow or whatever they call that or whatever. So, so, so yeah. And then also just ran rambling off into nothingness also feels very natural to me, which is probably why I've been a bartender for a while. Cause I just love to talk. <laughs> a lot of weird stories on bartending or fun. I don't, I don't actually, which is ironic like, enough. I feel like being a model and being a bartender, you're just setting yourself up for just to be hit on constantly during your whole shift. And yes. like, you know, when you give the person their uh, bill or whatever, and they write their number on it, like, it's just go once more. Yeah, bro. Come on, man. I got My it. My favorite is I got actually, I got a bill one time and not a bill. I got like their receipt, whatever. And somebody wrote their number on it, but didn't leave me a tip. And I was like, you really think that somebody's going to call you <laughs> after you don't leave them a tip? Like, fuck you. What is wrong with you? <laughs> and then another time, like, I, I don't have a lot of like, crazy, crazy stories. I'm most of my crazy stories is like, I got to wear the 1996 world series ring. Like I, like those are my kind of stories. And like, I met these really cool people, but I never had like two crazy, crazy, like I maybe have two or three, but, um, I remember one time I was working at a five-star restaurant. I was bartending and I don't, we were either talking politics or real estate. Like I, I can pretty much talk about anything. Like give me a topic. We'll sit here and we'll discuss. I, I like to learn a lot of stuff. So like this guy's talking about something. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And I started going into the spiel of why it didn't make any sense. And he's looking at me. He's like, wow, you're really like, you're really smart, but you're pretty. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, damn, bro. I'm going to just excuse myself now. Like, fu- like, thank you, but fuck you. Like, what uh. was that? <laughs> Like, thank you for the compliment that I'm smart and pretty, but also like, fuck you. I don't know how to feel about that. It was the weirdest moment of my existence, I have to say. So like, yeah, people would always sit on me, but they would also like tell me like, wow, you're smart, but you're pretty. That doesn't make you sense. Fuck you. It's a slap in the face. Was there backhanded compliments or whatever they call them? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. So, All right. Let's try to get out of the dark part. (laughs) And Sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. But I, I wanted to know because, you know, like I said earlier that I've never talked to somebody like you or been in this type of per, those type of situation. So I just don't know how they are. You know, I just feel like, uh, like I said, I'm one of those podunk town guys that are just kind of like, oh, oh that's weird. OK, you know, but, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense, but all right, so, it does. It does. OK, but yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of in it. You know, I'm interested in that stuff. And just like when you said you've been in camera, like most of or on camera, most of your life, like me starting this podcast and me being on this camera, if that's what you want to say, that's the most I've been in my life. And I'm still getting used to it, you know, and, don't, and like you said, you could do audio. But the only reason I did it for video versions, just is because I thought it would be more exposure, I guess. And I thought that's what. It's easier to make clips and stuff. I get yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Post on Instagram, get those reels, TikToks, all of it helps with social media. I haven't jumped on a TikTok game yet. I don't know about that one. So, but it's it's addicting. I, I that's what I keep it. hearing that you can just lose. I mean, like I've I'll get lost in some reels sometimes, but just TikTok. I heard like three hours later, people were just bleeding from their eyeballs. It's because they've been. And they're like, what the fuck? Basically, happened? well, the, the, it's it, so TikTok is reels. Like every every reel that you see is from like they put it on TikTok and then they put it on reels. Oh, I thought Instagram, Instagram. tried no Instagram uh, tried to like copy off them because they wouldn't they wouldn't buy it or whatever. They wouldn't be bought out, something like that. So yeah, that makes you sense. know, it, Facebook want or sorry, Metaverse just wants to do its thing and own all of social media. It's not going to work out well. <laughs> what do you think about it? well, all right, I got a couple more questions that 
Well, Bart, what do you think about the metaverse? We'll get into those later. No, no, we're gonna just we're gonna go with metaverse. No, I'm sorry. Like I like I want to watch the Matrix as a movie. I don't want to live the Matrix in real life. Like I'm I'm good. It's like that's what we're in. We're in the Matrix now. We are. No, like as soon as AI was completely created, everybody's just like, like if you want to go down like that 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 tinfoil hat theory, like one thousand percent. I'll run, I'll run over there and get it real quick. I'm just kitchen's right there, man. <laughs> so, like we are one thousand percent in a like. You talking about like simulation theory? Oh, when I don't, I believe in all of that shit. I'm like, yeah. What? Cool. We're down. I'm down for all of it. I don't care whatever it is. Like <laughs> I, I call, I told my boyfriend the other day, I was like, if we are, if we are in a simulation, I'm really happy. I found you at least like, we're good. I'm good. I don't care. I'm just going to sit here and live my life. Like if we are in a simulation, if my favorite though, are the flat earthers. I'm like, guys, come on. Mm, come on. Oh my. So the job that I just left, my boss is a tinfoil hat. Like she is the definition of a tinfoil hat. Love her two pieces, but tinfoil hat lives on her head. She is a flat earther now. She is like all of these things. I'm like, oh my God, ma'am, ma'am, reel it back a little bit. Like just a little bit. I'm like, look, we're about to become the metaverse, like not the metaverse. We're about to become the matrix. We're not there yet. And then she's sending me all of these like conspiracy theories. She's like, no, look, we're in it. We're in it already. I'm like, all right. I can kind of see why you think this, but I really don't want to think that some computer is telling me what I'm doing today. Cause like, that's a whole different kind of sims game that i'm not ready for <laughs> no i mean i like the ideas of conspiracy theories and stuff and I, you can go down like you were just saying deep deep rabbit, deep hole. rabbit holes and if you really want to so find crazy. you know everyone wants to be right in their argument so you can really find a lot just to justify somewhat hopefully that you know okay what i'm saying is halfway you correct, I guess. can find anything that you want yeah. if you want to prove yourself right you can find anything on the internet that will prove you right but you can also find why you are wrong right there's two sides to people don't want to believe it like if they find something that this not in agreement to what they're thinking is right no that's they're wrong that's not right okay my favorite like so moving to florida my boyfriend's lived here his entire life and um i'm from new york like we i'm sorry new york has the best water ever it does just makes the best bagels it makes the best pizza it's all in the water and the minerals that uh come from like the lakes up north okay um so moving down here to florida like i was so thirsty after like 20 hours in the car driving down here i ran straight to the sink put my head under there and started drinking and then two seconds later just spit it out on the kitchen window and i was like what the is this i was like it just tasted like pure chlorine i'm like yo florida water is the most disgusting thing i have ever tasted in my life and i never kind of knew like that different states had different tastes in water and whatever and until i moved here i was like this is fucking disgusting like has anybody got bottled water somewhere like i've never i've always just drank out of the sink so you just sticking to all bottled water down there now um i get i get like those gallon things delivered to my house now because i'm like i don't i don't like the idea of using too much plastic i feel like that's kind of fucked up so i try to minimize that as much as i can i lived in florida for six months back in right after i graduated college and i don't remember anything me noticing anything about the water but maybe it caused so the same here in virginia but so gross. so gross it even has a smell i'm like oh yeah i have like filters on everything now because i'm like no no, I got like a double shower filter. So my, like, it's such, it's just like really harsh water. I don't know. We're, we're on a weird topic right now. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fine. That's fine. All right. What's up? We'll change it up though. Um, so yeah, right before uh, I had a couple of questions. Oh yeah. Sorry. So you got into baseball in your twenties, like after Molly, or was it always? Oh no, I've been a psychotic baseball fan my entire existence. Um, okay. So I'm the first female in my family after 40 years. Um, it was like my great aunt Roro and then me. And um, yeah, so <laughs> when I was born, they didn't know what to do with me. Like my grandma was all excited. She could buy me all these dresses, but then I ended up being like this massive tomboy because I was raised by mostly like my older brother, my two stepbrothers and like all of my uncles. So like, I didn't have, like, and my mom was a tomboy as well. So it wasn't really, it wasn't really a great mix to try to make me a girly girl in any way. And, um, I always like admired my brother and my grandfather's relationship. And I, I loved my grandfather. 
I love my grandmother to pieces. Like my grandma's my buddy. We used to watch like Shirley Temple before going to sleep and stuff like that. 100%. So that, oh yeah. Like tap dancing. I yeah, love tap dancing. Yeah. Fantastic. Forgot about that. She's uh, the goat of tap dancing. That woman. Anyways. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was trying to like, how do I like connect with my grandfather? And I'm like a fucking four or five year old. I don't know. I'm a child. And I go into my grandfather's office and I'm like, well, what does grandpa like? Like I watch him pass the football with Victor, but they won't pass it to me because I'm a girl. So what do I do? So I'm like looking around his room and all of a sudden it's just all this Yankee memorabilia, which is ironic because that's now my office, but it's all this Yankee memorabilia. It's Mickey Mantle here. It's this there, everything. And I'm like, okay, I'll do this. So I picked up like one of his Yankee books, which actually I think I have in my office somewhere. It's in that closet. And um, I picked up one of the books and I just kind of, you know, did what I thought was reading. I just basically looked at pictures and I then heard my grandfather yelling downstairs. So as soon as grandpa's yelling, that means there's a sports game on the television, period. That's what it means. So I ran downstairs because it's baseball season and I sat down with him and I'm like, what are we watching? He's like, we're watching the Yankees. And he's like, and they better win. And I'm like, okay. So we're watching the game and he's just yelling at the screen, this umpire is stupid. Blah, blah, blah. And I start yelling back and I was like, yeah, this umpire is stupid. And like, that's kind of how I got my connection with my grandfather. And he realized it. So he started teaching me the game and started telling me like all this stuff. And I will never forget. Like I looked at him and I'm like, grandpa, why do you yell at the TV? They can't hear you. And he's like, look, you need to understand something. Whatever you yell to this TV during any sporting event, they can hear you. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. And like, you know, I'm a child. So all of the things we picked on my grandfather for doing, I ended up taking to the extreme. And it's actually how I made a bunch of tips like as at the bar, because I would just yell at the TV screen at the Yankee game. Uh, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like that, wh- what are you swinging at? And like people would tip me money because they found me entertaining watching a baseball game. So, um, I baseball came because I one had no choice. Like you have to be a Yankee fan in my family. Mm-hmm. You can be whatever football, basketball, baseball, and baseball, you are a Yankee fan period. If you're not, you're disowned. And, um, I just had no choice. So I became this huge Yankee fan. I wanted to be closer to my grandfather. And then my dad kind of saw how much I was loving it. So my dad would take me to games growing up. So we'd go to one or two every year. Definitely went to opening day, like every year. Um, we try to hit like a Red Sox game every year as well. And I kind of just bred me into this like psychotic (laughs) human that I am today. (laughs) I try not to have many regrets, but I remember and I think it was 2009, the Yankees came to Virginia Tech, which is literally 15 or 20 minutes from me. And they did like an exhibition or scrimmage against uh, Virginia Tech. And I didn't go over there and watch. I went and bought the hat like that. You know, the Yankees got the logo and they put VT on the side of it. But for yeah. some, whatever reason, I guess I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to go watch. I'll be all right. But but ever since, like, you know, probably and that was probably the only time that you know I've ever seen what I had a chance to see the Yankees unless I actually just get up and go up there myself. But at that. Yeah, because there's no baseball in Virginia. Uh, you've got the Nationals up there if you count that as Virginia, but no, Washington <laughs> DC. Right there. Okay, you're right, but it's <laughs> it's more well, like Maryland, isn't it? Yeah, it's like literally on the Maryland line and the Virginia line, and some people I don't know how to explain it, but the little cusp. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like people were uh, or when uh when I was going to college, I was like, I'm from Nova. I was like, oh, you mean Northern Virginia? Okay, and it was just that's all they would ever say. It's like I didn't know where Nova was, but. <laughs> that's what they say up there though i wouldn't understand that at all until yeah. you just explained it to me so <laughs> yeah, like, all right you mean just you know four hours from here i got it go north yeah so you couldn't tell me your town but anyway i mean that's not a shot at anybody but that's just literally what everybody would say yeah every time you ask them so where are you from nova is that just because it sounds cool i don't know it's, i think it's because it sounds cool i think that's the only reason why otherwise i can't i can't understand why anybody would just from nova but uh I don't really know where I was going with that point, but um, yeah, like I on my bucket list though, I have to try to visit every MLB stadium. Um, there is, I'm not doing too well. I think I got like five under my belt, but uh, I'm trying. I've got five too, so you're fine. I'm like oh, staring cool. at my thing over there. Technically six because I went to the London games, but that's not on that. So I definitely want to hit. That's also a goal of mine is to hit every baseball stadium. So, um, my my 
boyfriend is going to become a traveling nurse. And I was like, cool. So three months of the year we'll spend in this place. And then three months of the year we'll spend in this place. Three months of the year we'll spend in this place. And he's like, is this all because there's baseball fields there? I'm like, yes, I need something to do. I will be going to the baseball games. (laughs) No, it's just something. So, I mean, like, you know, I've always never, I've never, always never, I've never lived in a big city, like, you know, like New York or DC, Baltimore. And I always thought that if I did actually had that opportunity I'd be one of those people that would try to get season tickets and, you know, after work or whatever, each game, just run down there, catch a game and just chill. Oh, I mean, it's I so much fun. Yeah. I, I basically lived at Yankee stadium. I probably went to every single game that was in town as long as I wasn't working. And I always remember like, I'd see like season ticket holders. They're like, Oh, you got season tickets. I'm like, no, like all you got to do is wait till like after the first inning all of the prices drop dramatically. You can get a ticket for like 10 bucks and go into the stadium. Nice. And that's what I did all the time. And I was like, boom, spent $10, got in. And then I had a bartender, so I didn't have to pay for alcohol. This is great. Sure. Hand him like, I'd hand him $80. Cause at the end of the day, I would spend normally like $180 if I was buying alcohol at the stadium. So I'm like, here, you take the 80 bucks and just pass me the alcohol. Like We're good. It's win-win. <laughs> no, I don't want to get, you know, go too deep down this one, but uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on the lockout though right now? I, so it's funny. I've been posting a bunch of stuff on like TikTok and Instagram about the lockout and I am on the player side when it comes to it, because from my knowledge, like there's definitely some more things in there, but from my knowledge, what they're mostly asking for is to lower their arbitration years so they can get the free agency quicker. And owners try to exploit arbitration as long as they can. So they don't have to spend as much money, blah, 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 blah. To which my thinking is, why don't you just spend the money now? So that way, like they lower their arbitration, give them the money while they're worth it. So you're not paying for them like five years down the line, they have six more years to their contract and they have nothing left to give. And that's just wasting money. So it's all, it's always a conversation about money. Um, People are always like, well, it's probably about COVID. It's not about COVID at all. Like they had concerns and then MLB just shot it down. Like everyone's gotten Omicron. Everybody's this, this, the virus is pretty much on its way out. Like, like a typical virus, it mutates and mutates and gets weaker and weaker each time. And it it's going to get it's just what's going to happen. Like we're going to go back to normal eventually get over it. So from my knowledge of that. And so the players kind of went off of that and just focused on arbitration. They're like, we want our money sooner. Like you guys need to stop exploiting us while we're in our prime. So that way, like they just want their money quicker basically. And I'm kind of here for it. And I've got all these people coming at me. They're like, why are we like talking about millionaires versus billionaires? And I'm like, dude, ever since this kid was in high school, you've been telling him that if he knew some how to do something with a baseball, a basketball, a football, or a soccer ball, he would make a shit ton of fucking money growing up. Yeah. So you can't just all of a sudden go look at this kid now that he's made his millions because he did what you guys said that was okay. Be like, yeah, no, I don't feel for him. Like he just has to figure it out. I'm like, no, how about we stop letting the billionaires make billions of dollars and help the guy that actually is the reason why we're watching the game. Like the players, we're watching the players beat the shit out of their body. Like they should get to free agency quicker. Like just let them have their money sooner. Yeah, and I think it would honestly be better in the owner standpoint of view too, because then you're not you're giving these guys a ten year contract, and it's actually worthy of those ten years instead of only worthy of five years, and the other five are a wash. You know, I mean, you know, a player rough. I mean, baseball might have more longevity, but what they have what a good they do. fifteen more years rather than compared to other sports of actual playing time to earn money and. But I would say about five to ten. Yeah, they they can usually last until they're in their late thirties. Maybe just depending on what position. I mean, pitchers might go a little out, a little earlier with their arms and stuff. But uh, the shortest that I know of is catchers because their knees buckle and Ooh, yeah. end up. Point. I think that. Nice. Yeah, catchers go quickest, but catcher is the most like pivotal. Like, there's so many aspects to it. Like, it is a full nine player team, one hundred percent. But a catcher and a pitcher are the most pivotal parts of your team. And if you do not have a catcher that is good at his job, and you don't have a pitcher that's good at his job, you're fucked. Your your entire game's over. I agree. So, I'm like, take care of those people. 
figure it out. Like, just take care of it so we can all go to the game. And then you got all these people bitching like, well, they're the reason why it's $14 for a beer and it's so difficult to go to a game. I'm like, no, it's like that because owners don't want to lose out on any money. So if they have to pay them more money, that means that they are going to charge us more because technically we're paying for them. True. I agree. So just screw it. <laughs> well, one last question about baseball before we uh, move on. But I mean, did you have any thoughts on old Yankee Stadium versus the new one? I mean, old Yankee Stadium, hands down, forever and always, greatest stadium ever. And I think them moving to the new stadium cursed them, to be quite honest, because they've only won one World Series since then. And I don't like if you believe in people coming like having life after death or whatever, I really don't think George Steinbrenner wouldn't be trying to do everything possible dead, taking care of his Yankees and making sure that they win all the time. If like that is an actual thing. So I think they curse themselves by moving over across the street. And I, I love the stadium, but it's just so corporate now. Like you, there's uh, not a, okay. they made it there, more. Okay. I like how you said is, that. It's very corporate now, but it's not, there is not one bad seat in that. Like you could have a nosebleed seat, but it's still a good seat. Like there is not one bad seat in that house, but it's so corporate. It's so expensive. It kind of just like kind of sucks. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, I mean, I guess that's what, I mean, everything's a business now as far as sports and everything, but, and I get it's, it. It's all business. And Manfred's running that tire organization to the ground the owners are destroying the game like they're changing it too much it's it's becoming a joke to be quite honest i love it i'll still watch it but i think it's becoming a joke mm. all right well that's a good segue um do you want to answer some of these stupid jokes that uh i'm here for before it. we got on it are stupid questions not jokes and we'll take this motherfucker home it sounds great okay um all right uh i wrote down a couple of these and i don't think they're too provocative but are any of them yeah, like I said, oh, you're fine. Don't okay, worry. You don't want to ask or answer any of them. Just say hard pass. All right. Well, we might start. Uh, we might start small. Um, let me find one here. Okay. If you could play for any fictional social sports, if you could play for any fictional sports team, who would it be? Fictional sports team? Yeah, like you know, made up, like when you saw in a movie. I know, but it's not made up because be it's an actual sports team. I'm like, I want to play Thank for you. the Rocket, the um, the Peaches in um, a league of their own, but it's technically based off of something that's real. Oh, I forgot about that movie. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. I didn't even know that was their nickname. Huh? I didn't yeah, even know the, they were the Peaches. I had no idea that was their nickname. I never put that together. Yeah. All right, well, good answer. Huh. Okay. Huh. No. I was gonna say Space Jam, like the Toon Squad. Well, I gotta, I'm gonna go with baseball, but like Toon Squad, I, I feel that that would be probably my brother's pick. He loves that movie. Yeah. All, right. <laughs> all right, well, all right, that got us formed up there. Okay, good. All right, so let's find another one. Um, okay, this is going kind of what we talked about earlier. Okay, so you're granted the ability to time travel and visit your past self. You are only allowed to speak ten words to your past self. One. What year do you go to? The second, what do you say? Oh, okay. Shit, I don't know if I had listened to myself, even if I came back. <laughs> like, like, when would I actually listen? Maybe. Okay, maybe when I was like, I would probably go back to like being 18. Okay. I would say, you're enough. Sounds stop good. stop fucking around you're enough stop fucking around good you don't think you would listen to yourself though if you would uh i if i i was like i was at first i was thinking 16 i was like yeah no i won't listen to myself but 18 i think that i would have been like finally listening to myself yeah i wondered that too that mm, i'm probably just like oh yeah okay and just say yeah then shrug it off and move on myself <laughs> pretty much just tell me you're enough get your shit together stop it <laughs> okay next one all right uh yeah, I only wrote down a couple of these, so we'll just knock these out real quick. All right. What TV show could you take a college course on and get an A? Ooh. I, I didn't have a good answer for this one for myself. because There's so many, though. Like, I'm in the back of my head. I'm like, I'm actually 
really good at remembering all stupid shit. Like I could probably get an A in Friends <laughs> and Game of Thrones and a bunch of other like <laughs> could definitely get an A in Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, okay. I thought about that one too, but I was like, man, there'd be so much shit I wouldn't remember. Oh no, I don't know why, but like everybody's like, oh, I gotta rewatch the season before I watch the next one. I'm like, oh, you don't remember what happened? Like, I don't know why, but everything stuck in my brain. It was mm. just like the weirdest thing. And my mom's boyfriend always thinks I'm crazy to this day because like he would ask me questions. I was like, oh yeah, this and this. And he's like, how? Just how? How do you remember? How do you not? It's like it's very pivotal shit. <laughs> I mean, like, I remember what I like when they do the recaps and everything, I'm like, oh yeah, it's uh, but like. I was one of those people like, oh, I got to rewatch the season. But then it's like, man, I can't devote that much time right now. So, uh, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. And especially, you know, if I meet somebody and like, oh, yeah, no, uh, I've never watched any Game of Thrones. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll sit down and watch them with you. Like, I actually oh, just remembered the one that I would charmed. Charmed. That was my fucking shit growing up. I, I've rewatched those seasons like 30,000 times. That's actually a TV show. Anyways, but you were saying. Wait, wait, sorry. what is Charmed? It's like, it's, um, it was a show, I think it came out in like 1999 or 1998. And it's about three sister witches. Charmed. See what comes up here. The old one, not the new one. The new one sucks. Okay, 1998 mystery, American fantasy drama television series created by whoever produced by Aaron. It's got Holly Marie Combs, Alyssa Milano, Rose McGowan, and Shannon Doherty. So they did a remake of it too? They did a, re like, there's a new remake of it. Um, it's trash. Okay, well. Crash. Never heard of charmed, but all right, I'll take the word for it though. It's on Peacock right now, apparently. That's <laughs> why anybody listen to listen wants charmed. All right. All right. <laughs> question before we start, stop talking talk about random shit. All right. All right, this will be a good one to end it on. Okay. So uh in your case, you go to your boyfriend's house and meet his father for the first time. He hands you the ox cord. What song do you play first? Oh, <laughs> it's a tough, like, hold on, hold on. Okay. I'm going to just go to my Spotify right now. Okay. I probably would be playing ACDC, but really? now I'm just, yeah, no, I'm a huge like eighties and from like the sixties to eighties that that's pretty much all I listen to. Uh, I'm an old soul. So it would probably I'm trying to think of one that's not too. Hell's bells. No, because it's like, but I also know, I also know his dad, so I'm like, um, I don't know if I'd play anything. I'd just be like, no, you take the mic. I'm good here, <laughs> but I'd probably play like Thunderstruck or um, like Rock and Roll Nation or something like that. Just get the party going right off the bat, huh? Yeah, no, I'm. I'm I love ACDC. It's like <laughs> one of my favorite bands. You know, I would have never expected that from you just one what little i know about you but i never would have thought you would have said i love acdc i love acdc i also love queen and a bunch of others i'm like a very rock and roll is definitely my favorite huh, i get down with that i am my grandfather's granddaughter <laughs> mickey mantle is my favorite baseball player and rock and roll and that is all my grandfather he has instilled it on me and ruined me <laughs> <laughs> no i don't i wouldn't say ruined on you i think it's uh made you who you are today so so with that said i've enjoyed talking with you on this little wait what would you play uh i don't know i went through a bunch of shit i said first like song like, like white wedding <laughs> like i was trying to think like all right what would be like so stupid and or stupid and pro provocative to play or it's like or should i be like oh, wait um then i thought about like a t-pain song <laughs> uh see like i know his dad so i'm just like yeah, maybe we just go with something safe because like he's scary <laughs> like, like that's what i kept doing with like am i going to you know just go balls to the wall here and just say hey this is how i am or are you going to be like i'll play something kind of nice and easy and just see how you can see the look on his face first like a frank sinatra song or whatever oh that's also like honestly now that I'm thinking of it, and it's been like my top song recently, but uh, December 19, I think it's 1963. Late December back in 63 with uh, Frankie Valley. That's an old school song. That is one of my favorite songs. I don't know why, but I fucking love that song. And I actually, when this is over, might go put it on while I cook us dinner. 
<laughs> I'm putting that on mine right now just so I remember it because I ain't heard that in so long either. But, it's Frankie Valley, man. He's one of the best. Huh. Well, all right. So uh, I don't want to hold you up, especially when we go cook dinner. It's going to have a late dinner. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I appreciate you being here. I'm glad you came on here and shared a little bit about yourself. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah. If people want to find your podcast, anything you want to give out, your socials, all that stuff, how do they do? Yeah. So uh, you can follow me on Instagram. It's D-A-N-I underscore C-I-P-O-L-L-A. And then it's Danny Cipolla on pretty much everything else, uh, Twitter, TikTok, but I'm mostly um, on TikTok and Instagram. Those are my two like main platforms. And then uh, my podcasts are Danny's Dugout, Danny's Game of Inches, and Tequila and the Tea, which you can find on Apple or Spotify. Boom. Baby Boom. Bob. Boom. Hey, oh, wait. Is your last name, is that Italian? Yes. Ooh, okay. I thought so. I'm I not- am a Sicilian girl, which is also why I'm crazy. Okay. Well, now I got 25% Italian. All my family was from, well, mom's side was from Baltimore, so, and then they came down to Virginia, so. Got a gotcha, bit. gotcha. Yeah, no, we were, we were. Put in New York. We stayed in New York until recently. Gotcha. All right. Well, we'll take it on that. Um, said all your stuff. All right. Uh, anything else you want to say before we say? Not that I can think of. Okay. Thank- no. well, Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. Um, all right, people. We're out of here. Be good to yourself and all that good stuff. Bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.